Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, Cojourners. I'm so glad you're here for another episode, and I'm excited to share with you a poem on today that comes from the book Liturgies for Hope. 60 Prayers for the Highs, the Lows, and Everything in Between, written by Audrey Elledge and Elizabeth Moore. Again, this piece comes from Liturgies for Hope, and this one is entitled, A Liturgy for Those Who Feel Forgotten. O God who sees me inside and out, I groan with an insatiable appetite for attention, for an existence drenched in significance. I want to live a life that is seen, known, and admired, a life so big that no one could forget me. I am predisposed to seek reassurance from others, but the truth is, I will not always be remembered by others in the way that I want. O Lord, when obscurity feels like too much to bear, when loneliness threatens to crush me, when I fear that my value is slipping away, Let me run with tears in my eyes back to you. Meet my downcast gaze with your tender regard. Remind me that I am never, ever alone. When I am unseen by others, it is easy to believe that I am worth forgetting. But before I knew what it was to be loved or unloved, you engraved me on the palms of your hands, like a nursing child with its mother. I am not forgettable to you. When I feel utterly forsaken, you embark on a relentless search for me. You run toward me while I am still a long way off. You rejoice over me more than the 99 that were never lost. You put my foundness on display and clothe me with honor. As your dearly beloved child, I give this sense of my own insignificance to you. Teach me the presence and purpose of my soul, O God, and sing to my heart the song of belonging. Let me not fear when others fail to notice me, for humans can be fickle when it comes to love. Rather, let me bear this truth in mind and take courage. Your eyes are fixed on the weakest of sparrows, and the hairs of my head do not escape your care. Let me seek your never-ending companionship, and call to mind your everlasting pursuit, because you do not forget me, O Lord, and you never will. Amen. Oh, this is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this piece. And I know that it will be a gift as we think about those times in our lives when we were running from insignificance and searching to have meaning, significance, attention, love, and for us to be grounded in the reality that we are all worthy. 
worthy to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to be appreciated. And indeed, I do appreciate our co-journers and this beautiful community that we have created here. So our topic on today is developing emotional maturity, developing emotional maturity. And it is so true uh, that at different points in our lives, we may have been told that we were responding in an immature fashion, or we may have observed in other people that they were immature. And often we think about this as a label, as a descriptive uh, that is meant to highlight that the way someone is behaving is problematic, that it lacks self-awareness. And so as we think about coming home to ourselves, we want to be emotionally mature. And the gift about maturity is that it is something we can work toward with intention. So I want to give you a couple of practical strategies when we think about being emotionally mature. So the first thing we want to name is self-love. That when I affirm myself, love myself, encourage myself, it allows me to move through the world in a grounded way so that I am not frantically hoping that someone else will convince me of my own worthiness. And so I learn to believe it for myself, to accept myself, to treat myself better, to define myself. And so to be more emotionally mature, it is helpful for me to intentionally develop my capacity and my habit, my practice for self-love. That when I love myself, I do not have to try to insult you to feel better about me. I do not have to discount you, disrespect you, disregard you, stand on your wings in order for myself to be able to soar or to block your light because I want to be the only thing shining. When I am clear about myself and I really come home to loving myself, it allows me to be able to celebrate others, to make room for others, to hold space for others. And that comes across, that is experienced as emotional maturity. Instead of being so fragile or insecure that I'm constantly searching for compliments, searching for affirmation, and then even when it's shared, I still don't believe it. And so we want to be mindful about pouring in our own well, because even as I love myself, I will take better care of myself. And then when I go out in the world, there is a depth there as a result of the caring, nourishment, and love I have given myself. Additionally, when we think about emotional maturity, we want to be mindful of the ways we talk about people. And so I would say it succinctly as releasing gossip, shifting out of gossip. There is the common phrase uh, that our uh, bigness, our vastness, our depth 
shows up by talking more about ideas than other people. So if my entire conversation is focused on trying to uh, discredit someone else, destroy someone else, humiliate someone else, laugh at someone else, then often I have become a spectator. And so instead of developing my own plans and goals and dreams, instead I am a critic of everybody else's life, everybody else's dreams, everybody else's goals. And so when we are in that place where the thing that is nourishing me is to be destructive of other people, I would encourage us to mature into the courageous step of actually building a life. And building a life is very different than trying to destroy someone else's life. So we want to be thoughtful, mindful, soulful in our conversation. What are the big ideas, the big issues, the dreams and plans, the purpose that you see for your life, for life in general, for humanity? What are the things that concern you and the things that inspire you? What are you reflecting on instead of merely being a spectator and a critic of other people? So that will also translate as emotional maturity. If my entire conversation is situated on people who did me wrong, so former friends who let me down, an ex who let me down, family members who betrayed me. If I am stuck in that, and that is the only thing that I'm able to talk about, then there is a need for greater emotional healing, growth, and maturity. And so, of course, I would never say that you can never speak about your wounds, right? Because we know a part of our healing is we have to face it to fix it. And at the same time, when that has become my only talking point, my only conversation, then there is a need for me to be able to have a ex- more expanded view of myself. I am more than the sum total of my wounds, my hurts, my disappointments. There is more to me than that, and there is more to you than that. We also, when we consider emotional maturity, want to understand the importance of taking responsibility, taking responsibility, being accountable. So when someone is immature, uh, they can never be wrong. They can never apologize. They can never acknowledge. They're never willing to change. So we think about uh, the funny videos going around social media when children get caught eating snacks they're not supposed to eat. And so they can have their faces and hands covered in chocolate and they're still saying, I didn't do it, right? Did you eat the chocolate cake? No, I didn't eat, I didn't do it, right? And the evidence is right there. And so I know in my counseling practice, we can see the same thing in adulthood that even when we are caught, even when it is evident that we are in the wrong, uh, that some people uh, never want to admit it, acknowledge it, apologize for it, and be transformed. And so it is a gift to yourself and to your relationships, whether family, friendship, platonic, romantic, when you are engaging with someone who knows how to self-reflect 
that has the humility uh, to be willing to admit when they got it wrong, right? That we mess up, right? Some things we said we shouldn't have said or some things we've done and we should not have done them. And so for me to be able to name that uh, is such a gift, to be able to acknowledge it to your children, to your partner, even at work. When you mess up on the project, some people, you know, that's about leadership, right? Uh, leaders can own when they drop the ball. And so instead of trying to pretend or throw everybody else under the bus and blame everybody else. And so I encourage you to think about uh, when was the last time you acknowledged a mistake? Uh, when was the last time you took ownership or accountability? Uh, do you have difficulty apologizing? And to set a goal and an intention that I want to have the emotional maturity where I don't automatically get into a defensive mode or a denial mode, but instead I am wanting to grow. And in order to grow, I have to recognize when I'm going the wrong way. Yes. We also recognize that those who have emotional maturity um, are selective with their voice, are selective with their sharing. And this is not based in, in anxiety or fear, but when I am emotionally mature, I don't have to always be the center of attention. I know that I don't have to give everything a reaction, that I don't have to provide commentary on everything. And so I am selective with my input, one, because I honor myself and I'm not going to uh, stretch myself too thin. And also because I have the emotional maturity to know I'm not the only one with ideas. I'm not the only one with thoughts. I'm not the only one with a contribution. And so I can hold space and create space to be a listener and not just a speaker, right? So you want to reflect on your emotional maturity when you are uh, with friends or with family. Um, are you taking up so much space that other people don't have room to participate? Uh, are you the kind of person in communication where if anyone expresses something different, you take it as an attack and it's unbearable or overwhelming? And so I recognize as I'm engaging with people that I don't have to be in combat and I also don't have something to prove uh, that I am settled enough within myself where, yes, I can share what I feel and what I think, but I also can listen and listen uh, deeply, authentically, respectfully. Yes. And so become a good observer of yourself to notice the ways in which you show up in spaces and also with being selective with your voice, time and energy, the ways in which you protect time uh, for your stillness, for your renewal, for your restoration, for your rest, right? So an emotionally mature person is selective with their voice, 
with their actions, with their time, with their energy. And in doing so, they honor themselves and they also honor other people. We also, uh, when we think about emotional maturity, there is an openness to learn, right? So someone who is immature uh, believes they already know everything and believes uh, they should have the final say on everything and they're not willing to shift because they think they have already arrived. And so when I am emotionally mature, I have some grounding. So I'm not just out here floating aimlessly. And at the same time, I know the gift of lifelong learning, right? That I am continuing to learn. I am continuing to grow. And so there is an openness as opposed to a rigidity, right? And so then people experience you as being receptive. It doesn't mean that you're going to blow with every wind or that you're going to perpetually uh, keep changing your mind because you just uh, are meeting different people and now you're just agreeing with them. So while there is a groundedness and a thoughtfulness There also is a permission I have given myself to not have to know it all and a permission and a delight that comes from learning new things. And so think within yourself in what areas of your life are you open? You know, what was the last new concept that you took hold of? What is the last uh, new thing that you read or heard about or studied or put yourself in a position to be the student, not just uh, the one who is sharing. And so it is such a gift and it allows us not to be stuck. So emotionally, are you open to learn? Now, this is important when we think about community and relationship. Uh, Because sometimes in cultural spaces, in gender paradigms, in religious spaces, in quote-unquote professional settings, there can be these set roles and scripts of people assuming these are the people with all the answers and these are the people who should be silent, right? And so to be willing to shift and pull the margins into the center to say, What is it we have not been paying attention to? Whose voices have not been heard? What was I not exposed to in my own education, but I want to now set an intention to learn about? And so that openness to learning uh, is um, emotionally mature, as opposed to being threatened by people who think differently, uh, speak differently, talk differently, love differently, worship differently. Uh, And so we want to be able uh, to see and to hear people in their authenticity instead of assuming that they have to be a duplicate of me. Yes. So that's very emotionally immature where everybody basically has to agree with you. And when I am grounded in the truth of myself, uh, then I am not so fragile that I cannot be in the presence of people with a different perspective. 
when we are emotionally mature, we also are generous instead of stingy and selfish, right? When I'm emotionally immature, uh, again, everything needs to be about me. And so then I am constantly trying to figure out how I can get my way, how I can get more, uh, how I can push for the front of the line. And so that becomes my mantra and my God post is my guide post. <laughs> I guess it could be a God post is me, right? When I am having a disregard for others because I need to consistently center myself. And so when I am emotionally mature, I have the capacity to give and to receive, right? And you want to reflect within yourself what's harder for you. Do you constantly try to fight and figure out how to get the best for yourself and you rarely think about uh, giving to others? Or on the other side, are you perpetually giving and it's very hard for you to receive, to receive attention, to receive compliments, to receive love, to receive gifts. You know, we want to have balance in our humanity and in our relationships. And so we want to think really carefully about what makes giving hard for you. If there is a distorted thought or a story you have told yourself or that you have learned from others, that teaches scarcity, selfishness, materialism, greed, uh, that when those are the, the things that are guiding me, then I will show up in spaces as a very emotionally immature person, right? If my interactions, wherever I go, if the driving force is greed and ego, that is very immature, right? So as I mature, I think relationally, I think about mutuality, I think about sharing and holding space, I think about honoring others as well as myself, respecting others as well as myself. And so for you to reflect this week and in your journaling to think about what have been the roadblocks to me giving and receiving and what are some specific things that I want to do from that place of emotional maturity to grow the aspect of me that has been neglected. Another important part of emotional maturity is communication, right? That we are not just expecting people to guess what we want, need, or think, and then punishing them for guessing incorrectly, but we learn to express ourselves to express our needs, our wants, our fears, our hopes, our concerns, our expectations, our requirements, uh, our feelings. And so we know that many of us in this podcast community are trauma survivors, and many times trauma survivors learn to silence ourselves uh, because you don't believe people will value what you say or honor what you say, or you may fear they're going to use what you say against you. And so you can end up suffering in silence and really being isolated, even when you're in the presence of others, that they have no idea really what you're going through because 
uh, you have been afraid to express. So as we become more emotionally mature, we learn to communicate, even when it's the hard conversations. And many of us have coped through avoidance. So you hope if you don't have the hard conversation that things will just get better or that it will just go away or that you'll just adjust or the person will just magically change. And so in our emotional maturity, we lean into truth telling. We lean in uh, recognizing not everyone is going to be pleased with what we say, not everyone is going to applaud what we say, but the truth is important. And anything that we build that is not based in truth is false. Anything that we build that is not based on truth is false. Another aspect of emotional maturity is releasing perfectionism. That for ourselves and for others, that perfectionism can make us so harsh, uh, constantly criticizing ourselves and constantly criticizing others, never being able to praise and always pointing out what's wrong instead of celebrating what's right. So in our, with our children, if they do great, we are silent. If they mess up, then we explode. Right? That is that perfectionism and control. In our dating or romantic relationships or marriages, when people do what we want them to do, we are often silent. And then as soon as they do something we don't like, we become explosive. So you want to really uh, release perfectionism. It doesn't mean there are no standards. People often respond with extremes of like, well, I want my partner to do this, or I want my children to do this, or at the job, it needs to be this way. So yes, we can have a spirit of excellence and we want to be able to grow and flourish. And as I said, give feedback. And at the same time, uh, to not be so limited within our own emotions that is impossible to really see the good, to appreciate it, uh, to marvel at it, to express gratitude for it, to recognize it and not take it for granted. And so do not take the goodness within you for granted. Do not take other people for granted uh, when we only focus on what went wrong and never value what went right. And then finally, I would say with emotional maturity, uh, it is giving myself uh, permission to do things a different way. So many of us are stuck in these cycles or patterns. Um, and you can you can point to the reason. Maybe you've done enough self-reflection or therapy where you know like, oh, I'm like this because I was hurt in my past. I'm like this because of my childhood. I'm like this because all of my uh, unhealthy relationships. I am like this because I grew up in poverty. Uh, I'm like this because uh, this is how oppression has affected me. So yes, we want to be able to connect those dots. But then in a place of emotional maturity, I recognize that even though I understand how I ended up here, or why I ended up like this, I also give myself the grace, the compassion, the permission to try it a new way, right? So if you're used to talking over people because you were never hurt as a child, 
then I give myself permission to create a new reality, to create a new pattern, to create a new habit. So I do not have to continue on a path that is dysfunctional, even though I understand how I ended up on that path, right? So if my family was constantly critical, and so now I say, that's just how I am. I just constantly uh, criticize people and I do it out of love because I want to make them a better person. Well, from an emotionally mature place, I can say I didn't get a lot of warmth and affection perhaps growing up, but I also know what that cost me, that I won't just falsely say that that's what made me excellent. So I'm going to do the ex exact same thing with my kids. No, I can say there were some uh, gifts that came uh, from the ways I was raised. And there's also some things I do want to do differently, right? That the relationships that I saw modeled growing up, there were some things beneficial that I learned, and there are some things I want to write a new script for. And so in that way, we give ourselves the emotional permission to walk in a new direction. I invite your soul to tell your heart mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.